business leaders and entrepreneurs usually need a few key elements in order to make their business successful. One key element is customers. In order to position yourself as an expert, people need to know who you are and what you do. Tom Schwab helps businesses get more customers by helping them share their ideas with their target audience. Tom Schwab is a U.S. Naval Academy graduate who became a nuclear warfare officer before separating from the Navy. His education as an engineer combined with his leadership training made him an incredible problem solver. You'll notice that his approach to business as a successful entrepreneur can be broken down into methodical, practical steps that have made him a master of marketing for himself as well as his very satisfied customers. If you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, this is probably the episode for you because the pearls of wisdom Tom shares are incredibly invaluable. Take a look at this engaging interview that I had with CEO of Interview Valet, Tom Schwab. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Night's Tale podcast. I'm your host, Robert E. Woods III. And today's guest is an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, a master of marketing, and a U.S. Navy veteran. He's a natural leader and is really gifted when it comes to making compelling offers and creating businesses that scale. So we all have different reasons for getting in and out of the military. Um, but uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Schwab, uh, could you let us know what were some of your reasons? Well, yeah, to me, I got in uh, by a fluke, right? I was not supposed to be in the military. I was born um, with uh, monoscopic vision, so I see in 2D. They wow. didn't figure, I got into the Naval Academy. It was my senior year before they figured out that I wasn't physically <laughs> qualified, but they said, ah, oh, we'll give you a waiver. And they needed nukes. I was a mechanical engineer, so they gave me a waiver and said, uh, you can be a surface warfare or surface warfare nuke. And one of them came with a $10,000 bonus. So I, I signed up there. But <laughs> when, when I got in was the, the end of the Cold War. Um, mm. I graduated the academy in 87. Uh, my commitment was up in 92. And you know, for, for anybody that's old enough to remember, that's when peace broke out, right? The evil empire uh, dissolved. And on my way back from the Gulf, um, I did the job that I would be doing four years from then. And I just looked at that and uh, said, I've done everything I want to do. Uh, I was also married with a couple of kids. Um, and at that point, it was very stressful on the family. You know, when people say, thank you for your service, I'm like, no, thank the families at home. That's the hard job. Um, but I, I looked at that in, in 92 and said, you know, I've done what I want here. Um, I want to try something else. And, you know, I've got to say, when I got out, my dad called me a fool. Uh, because he's like, all you got to do is spend another 15 years. And then when I went into straight commission sales, he called me a dang fool or words to that effect. But uh, uh, he lived long enough to say, no, you made the right decisions on both of those. So for me, it was that I had done what I wanted to do and was looking for the next challenge. How did you make that switch into entrepreneurship? A lot of us start out, you know, selling lemonade or, you know, cutting grass or something like that. When did the light bulb come on for you when you said, hey, I want to do my own thing? Well, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, right? So the light bulb has to be really bright and flashing. And for me, <laughs> I decided that, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest and it was always, you know, find a stable job. So the military, that was a stable job. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, peace breaks out. They do a downsizing and there wasn't as many opportunities there. And so I went from there and I thought, okay, 
I'll get another stable job with a, a corporate, you know, fortune 500 company. Yeah. Um, and you know, then I looked at that and I said, that's not stability either. While I was doing really well there. Right. Uh, when you have one customer, one, uh, you know, when they're your employer, that's putting all your eggs in one basket. Uh -huh. And I really looked at it and said, our, uh, our security is our ability to deliver, right? And the more people that we can deliver to, the more security we have. Um, so with that, you know, I, I kept doing sort of a sideline thing there until guess what? One of the big corporate suppliers that I had, I had a distributorship for them. And it was 2008 going in to the Great Recession. And they said, you know, we want to cut out the middleman and go direct and not go through distributors. And it made perfect sense, Robert, until I looked in the mirror and thought, hey, I look like the middleman. <laughs> and, you know, they did right by me and all the rest of that. But, you know, I looked at that in 2008 and said, you know, my best security is to be able to serve the most number of people I can. It doesn't come from who signs the back of the check, um, you know, twice a month. It's who signs the check every day or, or does the credit card payment every day. Mm. Uh, so then I looked at that and said, you know, I had a sideline business at that point and it was doing good. We were doing uh, good in the world, but could we do well for ourselves too? So that's where I really started to, to use inbound marketing and we were, we were able to ramp that up from a regional player to a, to a national leader. I love that. So you mentioned inbound marketing a lot in your interviews and, and um, things like that. What do you mean by inbound marketing? I, I, I know what it is, but I just want to know what yeah. Um, it, the concept comes from two smart guys from MIT, Brian Halligan and Darmesh Saw, that wrote a book on it. Then they went on to, to form a company called HubSpot. Their, yeah. um, their observation is that the world has changed, right? When somebody goes on the internet, they're looking for answers to their problems. And that those people that provide the answers, provide the content, they'll get the know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to build a business. You know, nobody goes on to Google and says, what do I want to be sold today? We all go on, you know, I've got this problem. Can you solve it? And so the idea of instead of outbound, you know, instead of giving somebody a call during dinner or um, uh, spamming them, you know, robo calls, robo emails, why don't you just be there and be helpful? So when they've got a question that you can answer it. And that's the whole idea of, of inbound marketing. And originally, that use, content used to mean blogs. Right. And one of the hacks we used was always guest blogging. So instead of putting it on my site, mm. I'll put it on Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, someplace where it's going to get seen. And mm. that's really what we started to do in 2014 um, with podcast interviews. Mm. To use that as the content. So instead of building up my own podcast, you know, could we almost guest blog on other people's podcasts. And, and uh, that really grew into what we're doing today with podcast interview marketing. Wow. So with the podcast interview marketing, how did you get the, how do you get the first client? And, and I know you have quite a few now. So how, how do you um, make that mindset shift and that daily operational shift to get from one to let's say 200? Yeah. And I think you have to value that, you know, first client, the second client, all right. the rest of that. Um, the biggest piece of fiction I have ever read or ever written was my business plan, mm. right? Because we, we always have these business plan that this is what it's going to look at one year, three year, and five year. And my original plan was um, 
I didn't want to start another business, especially not an agency. Wow. So uh, a friend that I was in a mastermind with said, you need to write the book and then put an online course. And so that's what I did. Yeah. I wrote a book. I did the online course. And Robert, I never took it out of beta. Um, I kept improving the course. But, you know, you can see from the back end what people are doing in it, what kind of results they're getting. And the people that were honest with me said, you know, I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. So I had this idea that I'm going to do 100% digital, just me. And what my customers were saying is that, hey, I, I need you to do it for me. You know, you've given me the cookbook. You've given me the videos for it, but I don't want to learn to be the chef. Right. I, you know, I, I just want the, that. So, um, you mm. know, in the, in the military, we used to um, have the joke, you have to be smart enough to know right answer when told. Right. And right. I think it's the same thing in business. You know, yeah. I've got an opinion about my business. Um, I could hire a consultant that's got an opinion, but it's the, it's those customers. They're the experts and yeah. they're telling you what they love and what they loathe. And you got to be smart enough to double down on what they love and stop doing what they loathe. Right. So uh, my plan sounded good to me but I would not be where I was if I just kept pushing it. And how can I get this course out there? Instead, those first clients that I had that, that had a problem, they told me what they needed to solve it. And so I just had to, to answer that, them and they've helped me get the, uh, the company better and better. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's the best feedback you can get is from a client, both right. the happy ones and the ones that are um, not happy. Right. So on a granular granular level, what things were they asking from you to say, hey, please do this service for me, this, this specific service? Right. And, you know, I said, I am not always the brightest guy. So mm -hmm. sometimes people have to hit me over the, over the head. <laughs> and I can still remember one client come to me and he said, Sinatra only sang. Mm. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He's like, Sinatra was a hardworking guy. He was a smart guy, but he realized the best use of his time was performing. He said, that's what I want to do with podcast interviews. So don't teach me how to find the podcast, how to book them, how to get the conversions. Let me do what I want to. And, mm. and you do the rest of that. And sometimes, and early on, we started, um, you know, offering some things that people said, it really doesn't bring me that much value. And, you know, that's a great question to ask. What, what things do you bring the most value to you? and do more of those. You know, we used to um, help our clients post on, on Twitter. And they're like, well, it's nice, but that's not getting me the results with it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we started to, to pare away those things that didn't add value and double down on those that did. I see, I see. So I'm sure not every single day is a successful one. As an entrepreneur, you probably have some ups and downs and things like that. On a daily basis, what things do you do in order to keep your, you know, a positive frame of mind and lead the, the, the big team that you have? I don't think it's even every day. It's like every hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> by, by 8 a.m., this could be a great day. And by 9 a.m., I'm pulling my hair out. Right. Um, I, I think of uh, a few years ago, um, I, I was pulling my hair out around the, um, uh, the holidays. Mm. And then I got a, a Christmas card from a buddy of mine. Uh, and his family. Mm -hmm. He was he was deployed in the Gulf. And I'm like, you know, my problems are small. I'm still here. Right. Um, I'm, I'm with my family. Uh, all the rest of this, there's always somebody that would, that would look at you and say, man, that's awesome. 
we'll yeah. never have a life that's free of problems. We yeah. just have to choose what problems we have. And the amazing part is, is that this is the life we have chosen. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're smart enough, you're a hardworking person. You know, if you want to go out and, and get a nine to five job, there's 4% unemployment right now. You could do that. Yeah. Right. But this is the life you have chosen and it's going to come with ups and downs. And I think sometimes you have to look at those. And so when things are going great, it's not all you. And when things <laughs> are, are, are going awful, it's not all you and they're not going to last forever. Yeah. Um, and, and so from that standpoint, trying to take the long, long view of it. And sometimes that comes with, with age and maturity. Um, when you realize that, uh, when you fall down, um, it's not the end. And, uh, when you, when you, cr uh, cross the, uh, the finish line, there's another finish line up from it. And <laughs> I have to say my best business coach, um, is my five-year-old granddaughter. Wow. When I see her, um, and her attitude that she's willing to try anything. She's, she's brave. She doesn't know things that she can't do. She dreams. And, uh, you know, if she falls down, it's not the end of the world. She gets herself up and, uh, and tries it again. Um, you know, and so from that standpoint to have that daringness, um, that sometimes comes without about not knowing, um, mm. that's what gets me through as an, an entrepreneur. It's like, wow. I fell down hard on that one. I got to learn so I don't do that again. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, we know you have about 16 employees right now. Mm -hmm. How did you go from number one to number 10? And was that a big mindset shift for you? Or, you know, as the jobs came, you realized, okay, I need to offload some more of this, these tasks. It's, it's a continual um, mindset struggle for me and a continual shift. Mm -hmm. um, realizing that um, if you want to build something bigger than you, it's going to take something bigger than you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think back in the military, right? Um, the great captains that I had, you know, uh, um, uh, on the ship, you know, they were the, the cheerleaders. They were the ones that um, set the vision, mm -hmm. um, but they didn't know how to do every little thing there. Um, right. And they were smart enough to realize that they didn't need to know how to do all of that. Right. Um, they had to, to motivate people. So for me, um, that first employee or the first couple um, was easier. Um, I'd run a company before that was all physical. Mm -hmm. So we all lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I swore never again. Um, because <laughs> we're a worldwide company. We, we serve clients around the world. And I can't tell somebody, we're open from 9 to 5 East Coast time. Mm. Oh, and by the way, we had a snowstorm um, and it took out all the power and people can't get to work. So we're going to be closed for two days. I mean, mm. there are people in the world would go, well, I don't understand what snow and, and, and why. <laughs> and, and they shouldn't have to. Right. And to me, today, work is what you do, not where you go. And mm. it's easier to find people around the world with the skills than it is just to do it in your own backyard. And I think it also gives a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. So um, I think today it's never been easier to grow a team um, just because you've got access to so many more people. And, um, you know, the, the people that are the early adopters, the learners, those are the ones that are okay um, working virtually. And I, I really think that paradigm is going to change. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I can get paid New York City wages and live in Western Michigan, right. my life is really good. 
Right. Um, you know, the uh, flip side is if I get paid new, um, Western Michigan wages and live in New York City, uh, it's going to be really tough. Right, right. So there are a lot of us that want to become entrepreneurs or just in the beginning stages or may, maybe they've made like their first few dollars. Um, a lot of people starting on, on Shopify. Me personally, I have a recruiting business specifically to help military veterans get, get jobs in tech. Um, but so what would you say could be some of the primary marketing channels for, for people that are just kind of starting out? Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that is, is tough right now is people talk about breaking through the noise. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that's laughable right now, mm. right? The idea that I can break through the noise is probably like me yelling at the Super Bowl. right? Mm. I'm adding to the noise. I'm not breaking through it. Okay. Um, you know, if you want to get somebody's attention, sometimes it's, it's through a personal introduction. Um, think about the strategy. You know, um, how did our grandparents grow their business? It was through referrals. They go to the, the country club, the, um, the Elks club, something like that. And they would get introduced by friends of friends. Mm. And so I think that still works today. So I always um, focus on not how can I break through the noise, but how can I get in on the conversation? And that can be building a referral network that can be, you know, guest blogging that can be, um, you know, on a podcast, having a podcast, a host or a guest. Uh, it can be going to events and just networking with people. Right. I, I think the world has changed. It's a world of abundance now mm. where we've got abundant choices, abundant calories and abundant customers. Mm. And people say, well, how can I get more customers? I think the real challenge now is not how can I get more customers, but how can I get better customers? Mm. Because think about it. Right now, there are easily 1,000, 10,000, maybe 100,000 people that you could help with your current product, current offering, current, current service. Um, you couldn't handle all 100,000 or 10,000. <laughs> so the idea of getting more definitely doesn't work. But if you could get better ones, you know, if you could get, I don't know, 500 ideal customers that are telling other people, um, you're, you know, your business would be oversubscribed for years and years. Mm. So I think that's one of those things. And it's, um, uh, today, sometimes we keep talking about, you know, bigger is better. No, right. bigger, bigger is just bigger. Better <laughs> is better. So I think, um, sometimes we have to move beyond that idea of how can I be everywhere? Um, how can I be on every channel? No, mm. it's like, how can I be known, liked and respected and, and trusted by those people that I can serve? Right. Um, and it's, it's more of a, a it's more of a, a, a rifle than a shotgun. And I think a lot of people are just teaching the shotgun method. You know, if you've got the budget and the, the notoriety of Gary Vaynerchuk um, <laughs> or Tony Robbins, that's right. the game to play. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. So we've talked around it a little bit. So can you tell us about Interview Valet and how that is helping business owners scale their businesses? Sure. And really, it comes down to, I believe everybody's biggest problem right now is obscurity, right? Mm-hmm. Robert, you could help thousands, tens of thousands of people. There's just only one problem. They don't know you exist. <laughs> right. And, you know, changing changing the the color on the call to action button and everything i i did that for a long time and it was like to me that was like changing the sign 
on your store in the middle of the Mojave Desert. Right. Doesn't matter. Nobody's coming by there. Yeah. Um, so really, it's that obscurity. And so that question of um, how do you how do you break through that obscurity? And that's what Interview Valet does. We help authors, coaches, speakers, brands get on podcasts and featured as the expert on shows that their ideal customers are already listening to. Now, there's a great quote out there or tweet from Rand Fishkin from SEO Moz. And he said, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. And that's really what we're doing. So our team of 16, um, we work in three verticals. Business is by far is our biggest one. Mm -hmm. uh, we also work in uh, faith and Christianity and health, nutrition, and wellness. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily where our customers are, but our customers' customers are. And so our team is, is helping our clients um, get the professional equipment so they sound great, um, training them on the best practices. We're going out and finding the best podcasts for them. We're helping them prepare for the podcast. We're helping the host um, uh, have a great interview by knowing who the guest is. And then we're helping them move people from just being passive listeners to active visitors to engage leads. And so really, uh, I always say it's a process, right? It's, it's not magic. Um, it's really just something that is proven. It's a process. It's reproducible. We just do it with excellence. So, you know, if you want to do it, um, you can go and get a copy of the book. I give away uh, a copy of the book. If anybody wants it, I'll, I'll put it up on interviewvalet.com forward slash night's tale. And there's a free copy right there. But a lot of people just look at us and say, they'll read the book and they're like, okay, I understand it, but I want to be the guest. You do the rest. 